When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun and we We have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Bye. Hey guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We made it to 2021. Yeah, we made it. Feels like it feels the same. Although I've been eating waffles for breakfast, which is a new thing. Me too. That's so weird that we're both eating I know. waffles. It's very strange. I'm on the Ego kick. I think that you're doing something maybe healthier. I'm, no, it's literally just Whole Foods brand. Oh, okay. I don't think it's healthier. I am on. Sure, uh, I'm going to shout out Blanket um, Syrup. That's a company. Ooh. They're black owned <gasps> syrup brand. That's what you've been using on your Egos. Mm-hmm. They're it's they're the blankets. The family. It's really cute. Wait, that's their last name. That's their last name. Where do they make their syrup? Um, maybe Atlanta, maybe someplace in the South. Cool. So, um, oh, I need some when I run out of my main yes. syrup. Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah. Oh, Caitlin, she's the cutest. Yeah. So anyway, guys, back to you. So this week we have a special best of episode of like just all the cool highlights from this year. A little bit of interview clips. We got some segments. We got some fuckery. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really fun. And also, guys, just thank you so much for being on this ride with us. Like, this has been... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to use any adjective because you've heard them all. It's been a fucking year. Yeah. And this has year. kind of been, like, the savior for me. Can't speak for Alex. Same. And hopefully for some of you. I hope for you guys, too. But honestly, there were days where I would wake up and just be like, we get to record today. It was like a therapy, just like a moment of happiness. And listening to all these episodes, I kind of, I think that it came through and I forgot. Also, I learned that I have favorite episodes that I didn't know that I had. Yeah. Listening to some earlier ones. Totally. Yeah. So I hope that you guys like this. Also, you can always write us with anything, but we'd love if you'd write, like, if you love these episodes or maybe, like, left out one of your favorites and you want to tell us about ourselves, you could always (laughs) do that. Uh (laughs) Also, as usual, write in with any listener questions. 
But I yes. guess we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later, though. <laughs> anyway, okay. So enjoy this compilation. Thank you guys so much for being on this journey with us. Thank you for listening and downloading and telling your friends. We could use a couple of more reviews, but I'm not going to hold you to that right now. <laughs> now, we're going to remind you now <laughs> we, and in the outro. We need more reviews, but... <laughs> Y'all are the best. We love you so much, and we're really excited to be back in next week with brand new episodes. Yeah, can't wait. All right, until enjoy. then, enjoy, guys. I just know from working on with so many women from like adult acne, hyperpigmentation, anti-aging, once you understand the science behind skincare, you are so powerful as a consumer because you just you're not wasting money anymore. You know what it is that you're buying, you know what it is that you want to improve. Totally. And it just puts the power back in your hands. And then we can talk about really fun things like I don't know, azelaic acid and just like bullshit that we can't talk about right now because we don't know where you guys are in terms of like your skincare understanding so yes it will be so nice to go look at a product and check out the ingredients and be like this doesn't do shit why is it eating colors this exact yes girl oh and that feels so good when you look at something you're just like that's bullshit Yo, my boyfriend thinks that I'm such a hater because I watch like when we watch infomercials and I'm just like that's not dermaplaning that little, yes, like, I vibrating know. fuzzy pen from China isn't dermaplaning, and he thinks that I'm, like, being a hater, and I'm not being a hater. I just want people to be educated so that they can say the same thing and look at a $20 fucking commercial and be like, I don't want to do that. I'll go and see my homegirls, or I'll go to the dermatologist or something along those lines. We just want to put the power back in your hands, and we can do that once you're educated. We didn't even talk about our homegirl. She's not our homegirl. She a bitch. <laughs> P acne bacteria, which is the other P cause. acne. P Ugh. acne. That core. Gross. That's not a nice word. But a lot of acne, like especially like really deep, angry, inflamed acne, that oftentimes is caused not just by dirt and oil, but also from a bacteria. That bitch. P acne bacteria. And that's, you need something that's going to kill that. And that's where benzoyl peroxide comes in. I'm not a huge fan of benzoyl peroxide. It's really strong. Yeah. But it's when you get to that point that it's like, this is the only, not the only thing, but the thing that's really going to impact, we know it's going to just like actually kill that bacteria. And we know it's going to kill the bacteria because benzoyl peroxide works to remove the oxygen that's in the area that bacteria needs to breathe, which is also why it can make your skin really irritated. You know, so these are all these things, girls, that we're like, yeah, you need to speak to a professional because like, we know that it's bacterial, it's dirt, oil, and makeup. It could also be dead skin mm-hmm. and also hormonal. Like, look at all yeah. of those things. It can be multiple things together. It can be all of There's them at the lot, same but time. I hope that this broke it down a bit as far as what you want to see in a product. Totally. At least the different ingredients. You can now yes. say like, okay, I have acne. I need to get... Right. I have acne and my skin is also dry. Exactly. Let me look for lactic acid. Yes. Yes. Know? That's what you can do. I hope that that's what you're taking from this. Yes. Um, and maybe... I know we also talk a I fuck know. ton. Bitch can talk. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should make a little cheat sheet with just Absolutely. like some basic definitions and just like go through the alpha hydroxy acids and we'll go through the... We'll go through retinoids um, really quickly and just give you guys like basic definitions so... Yeah. You can start to sort of like put all of these things together. Like our goal is really to give you sort of building blocks so that like as these podcasts 
continue on, hopefully forever. Like you can start to like string together all of these different ideas to create your own skincare routine or create your own, yeah, life, yes. skincare life journey. Totally. And right. I think it's also worth it to say that if you don't have the cash to like buy a whole new regimen, fair enough. Just slowly add in. Honestly. I think, you know, if you can get a good acid into your routine and some vitamin A, use, you know, a basic cleanser that you've been using if, if that's what you need to do. We should always be striving for some personal growth in mm -hmm. every year that we are blessed to have. Mm -hmm. And with that, there should be some grace yeah. of yourself. And more than anything, like if you keep hearing something, maybe check, uh, check in with yourself about it. Like, why do I think this keeps coming up? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, you see a friend and you don't feel good when you see that friend or you do a job and like you're really unhappy and it, it, there is a way for you to sort of get out of the situation. I think it's really important for us to constantly be pushing the boundaries of what is acceptable in our own life. Yes. And allowing yourself to have boundaries. Yes. Being a freelance artist, you tend to say yes so much more than you would say no. Mm -hmm. And it's horrible conditioning. Mm -hmm. Because what ends up happening is you don't know when to stop saying yes. Yes. And it just becomes knee jerk and there's no thoughtfulness about your yeses. Yes. And it becomes a problem because then you're dropping the balls. You're saying yes too much and you can't be your best you that, to every person that you're seeing. So you're, well, you're, right. your 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 quality starts burnout to go down. Yes. Burnout syndrome. Yes. Absolutely. And even more than that, you're not allowing yourself to have enjoyment, you know, joy, right? You're not having the conversation with yourself. Like, do you enjoy this project? Yeah. You know? And so for me, I feel like aging has been so beautiful mm -hmm. because I finally have gotten to a place where I can say I'm extremely blessed. Like I get offered a large amount of money to do things that I consider fun, but sometimes with you know, people and crews where I don't feel my best self and I yes. don't feel like I'm appreciated or whatever. And at the end of the day, it is work. But because we get like nicer rates, I can say now I realize like I don't need that much. I'm not buying yeah. bags all the time like I used to when I was young and dumb. <laughs> yeah. I don't need any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't need to promote Gucci. Gucci's making money. They don't need me. Yeah. Yep, like, yep. Sure. let the celebrities have it. Like, yeah. I am done doing that. Yeah. I, like, recycle all my clothes and try to buy recycled clothes. Yeah. Because, you know, I just don't want to participate in that way. So, in that respect, I am allowing myself because yeah. I need less. Yeah. To say no well, to things to, that don't serve me. A hundred percent. Do you know one of the best things that I did, and it's funny that you and I had, this was one of the first conversations we had coming out of COVID, is I had this client that I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand her. And I love all of my girls. So when there's somebody that I don't like, it you, it I know, sucks. I've never heard of, you, you only never, say good things. Right? I love yeah. these people. But this was just like an entitled woman 
who was everything that I hate. Right. And she came, the last time that I saw her was the week that everything was getting closed down, and she brought in her daughter, who she literally said to me, my daughter's too sick to go to school, but what am I supposed to do with her? Just leave her at home. So I brought her with me. Her daughter's coughing all over the studio. So then... This is literally the week before the lockdown. And I was just like, enough. Like, first of all, I even don't without even COVID, like you. No, you don't And like second that. of all, you're so disrespectful. I can't stand this woman. And then, oh my God, dude, this made me so mad. Even the cherry on top of the pie, cherry on the cake. Yeah, sure. Was the week of Black Lives Matter. The week, everybody that I knew ever was checking in. Elizabeth, are you okay? I'm so sorry. This is going on. Are you fine? Like, what's going on? This bitch writes me, um, are you taking brow appointments again? Have, yeah. like, you are just so in your own world that you don't even realize what the fuck is going on around us. And anyway, long story short, I fired that bitch. Good. And that was one of the best things that I could have done. And you know I don't like confrontation. I so know. it was very difficult really for me. And I felt like shit afterwards, but of I also felt did. like, girl, That's you okay. stood no, you stood up for, for yourself. yourself. I you did proud. When you texted I remember you texted me that and I texted at least two friends of mine. That's because amazing. I was so fucking mad. It was Who insane. Does that? No, I know. I I it was insane. this and I was like I just screamed. No. But it's because it was insane. It was just so like I said, regardless of COVID. This is a huge issue with service providers. People forget that we're human beings. Yes. I understand that when you want something, you want it. I know I'm you know, I live in America. We are very instant gratification. I get it. I have those urges as well. But they are just that. Mm -hmm. They're urges. Mm -hmm. They are not urgent. Exactly. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Your brows are not important. Yeah. Well, we make them important because we care about you. Yes. But that doesn't make them important in a pandemic. Yes. Like, no. Yes. No, same thing. I'm not taking a full schedule yet. And yes, it is at the detriment of my pocket. But I have a very immunocompromised mom who is still fighting cancer. And I like spending time with her. So, no. I yeah. can't see you all yeah. because you all aren't treating this time as thoughtfully as I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I require a test. I, I know. I know that it is inconvenient and nobody likes anything shoved up their nose. Well, I've got plenty to say about that. But, you know, it's <laughs> and literally it's the same people that are like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, really? Mm. Um, so y'all are coke left yeah, over yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's fine. Babe. Like, that's easy. This substance that is 100% not supposed to be there. It's just thoughtfulness. And for me, in a time like this, it is more important to me to cheer her up mm-hmm. than it is for me to make money. Yes. I can cover everything that needs to be covered. Yes. And still be able to be thoughtful and safe. Yeah. You absolutely. Know? But that's why getting older is that's one of the great things. Exactly. That's one of the best said things. No if I was in my twenties, right. no, that, like, I would have never stood up. I didn't say no to anything in my twenties. No, 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 but that's the point. No, that's the yes, point of the that, tangents. That, like, is exactly. like knowing yourself, it's, standing up for yourself. I would have never done that. Yes. No way. Yes. I would have been working. You know, yes. Weeks. I'd have been yes. already back. Yes, like a crazy yeah. person, and then being like, "Oh, mom, I'm sorry. Yes, you know, I can't see you, but like, you know, doing the like." FaceTime thing and pobrecita she doesn't even know how to hold the camera right yeah you know priorities <laughs> and so I get half my face like, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure also I hear that men these days ain't shit and <laughs> <laughs> heard and that too are bad in bed 
and don't go down on women anymore. Yeah. Which is shocking. And when I first heard that, I was like, so nobody's sucking dick either? And they're like, oh, no, no, we're still doing that. They do. What the fuck? This is a two-way street. Yeah. Like, no, ladies, you get yours. You show up with that waxed vagina. Exactly. Or if you want to shave, you can shave. Or whatever you want. Don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. The next day is going to be terrible. Don't shave. Yeah, it's going to suck. Leave the hair or wax it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, just make sure you get some before you give some, I guess, to make yes. sure the deal is even. <laughs> I like that. Get some before you give some. Honestly. That's Honestly. my life's advice. I have no other advice to give except that. That's really good advice, girl. <laughs> I think that a lot of young women are going to be writing that shit down right now. <laughs> Write that shit down. <laughs> um, That's so I great. Think to, oh, well, wait. Something else I have to I want to say about shame yes. and vagines, which is like little and it's kind of silly. But here at True Beauty Brooklyn, I like... An outfit. It's one of my favorite things in the world is to put together a goddamn outfit. And I um, purposefully get dressed up for you girls because nobody wants to be, all right, unless you're a doctor or a nurse, nobody wants to be friends with somebody in scrubs. True. It's not cute. You can't be like, oh my God, girl, I like those pants. Where'd you get them? <laughs> and you're looking like a dowdy. <laughs> dowdy. I mean, I wore scrubs for years at my old job. Exactly. Waxing. But the reason. Ugh. Whenever clients saw me outside of there, they're like, oh, you lost so much weight. No, girl, I'm just not wearing scrubs. The worst scrubs ever. And also, I think that it takes you. It's. I think that because any, so any type of uniform, I really believe, like separates you in terms of like not necessarily class but it's just like a separation right whether it's like a police uniform a fireman's uniform a doctor's uniform it just says like i'm this and you're this when somebody's waxing your vagina in disgusting scrubs i think that it puts you maybe like at a seemingly at a lower class because of the job itself and because the patriarchy in america and like if you're doing this you are on point right and so that's why i'm like we dress nicely here and that's yeah. why we dress professionally and shout out to miss hansen who was the owner of my aesthetic school yeah. she was very much about having estheticians become professionals and not looked at as just like yes. you know these girls that don't have anything else to do because they didn't graduate high school but no like these are skincare professionals your beauty therapists and like you dress the, the same part And so back to shame and all of this stuff is that women so many times will be like, oh, my God, you look so cute. I'm sorry you have to wax my vagina. And I'm like, I'm this cute for you so that I can wax your vagina. And you can be like, look at this bomb bitch wax my vagina right now. I'm like, you deserve that. You deserve that, honestly, because we're homegirls. Like, once you come in here, like, Alex has waxed my vagina and now we're vagina sisters. Do you know? It's the best gift that you can give to your homegirl. And so when you come here, I like that. That's true. So since this is a really special winter this year, COVID, <laughs> nobody's our really going anywhere. COVID anyway. winter. Our first COVID winter. I don't know. But nobody's really wearing that that much makeup. I makeup, don't know makeup, about that. Right? Really? I think a lot of Zoom meetings any. are going on and people feel forced to beat their faces. Well, that's what I, what I kind of wanted to talk to you about is what are, because I hear from people like they're kind of zoom fatigued and so it's just like oh, yeah. video off at this point oh yeah you, you got my well, voice it just depends because like for example my sister sells life insurance and other like annuities yes and her meeting she has to show yes herself. so tell us some easy covid tricks yeah that i mean i know again we're generalizing but maybe something that is one of your favorite tricks that works just to like make everybody look a little bit better just like, pop. like yeah especially specifically eyes 
because we're all wearing masks these days. I see you've got a sick winged liner on right now. Okay, Maybe so I yeah. was literally going to mention this because yes. it looks so much like more done than it actually is. This is my cheat liner. Yes. So it's not even my eyes not completely lined, and I wish you guys could see it because we'll take pictures. I and have put them small up. eyes, and having a little bit of liner on the outer corner of my eye makes it look bigger. Mm -hmm. And so I just have on mascara, a little bit of liner on the outside, which I go over with an angled brush with black shadow. Ooh. So that it's a little. I don't know, more dusty, I think. Yes. Like, yeah, I want yeah, a yeah. little bit more dusty, so it's not so hard lined. Yes. So if it gets fucked up, honestly, the truth of the matter is, is if it gets fucked up, it looks like I did that on purpose. Yes. Um, so I've just used that. And then it's easy, sort of, when you do it on the outside, you can use a Q-tip to lie and mm. draw underneath the eye so that you straighten up the line. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is, the Q-tip drags whatever product you didn't do correctly, and yes. it kind of gives you that look of like a properly lined It's the kind of makeup eye. I like yes. that I need. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And then proof. for those of you that are like only a couple of products, I feel you. I think it's a liner situation that you're going to use to smudge. Mm -hmm. Mascara that you can also toggle to use as like a brow brush. So mm. you wipe off the mascara with a... I would say paper towel because it's going to, or like if you use a reusable like me, use your like hand towel and pull the product off so that it's very little product left on the brush and use that to brush up your brows. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that will immediately, when you brush up your brows, A, mascara is gel formula, so it's going to hold them up mm -hmm. and it will automatically lift your eye. Yes. And, and of course, I can't do anything without a curler because... My eyelashes point down. I don't know who's Asian in my family, but somebody must be because they point down. Yes. Um, and then when I curl them, I'm like, oh, hey, girl. Oh, my goodness. I've got an eyelash Curling. color trick. It's, oh, do you but want that? Yes, with yeah, the blow dryer. I love you that. do? Like five seconds yeah, with the yeah, blow dryer, just, it, turns it, it like, turns it into you, a curling iron. Exactly. But and then it's, definitely yeah. test it. Test it because I test 30 seconds you can get, yeah, it's way, way too, too hot. Exactly. I'm going to singe off my eyelashes. I do yeah. that instead of getting the warming ones because I think the warming ones are trash. I think that part of our job is to show how you use everyday makeup to change the way that your change the way that the light bounces off your face, which is something that you and I and Alex all know. But I think the layperson doesn't necessarily recognize. And that's I know, really and contouring, contouring is. Just tricking the eye and the light to show different what angles you, within your face that you already precisely, have. You're, but it isn't crazy. It's just using little, little bits of color to really make your bone structure pop. And I think that that's how we can help the, the everyday true beauty gal. Or guy. Or guy. Okay. Person. Contouring, I... I I use that word very gently because I just think it is way too overused. And so, yes, I would be happy to do a basic <laughs> contouring tutorial, but I will say proceed with caution because what ends up happening is you like the result of the contouring and like everything else, like how you guys overuse shampoo, you you overuse condition, you overuse product period, is it ends up happening with the contouring. So before you know it, you do look like a Kardashian. So I will do a little video and we will That's post Let's do it. just like yes. a super, again, because y'all know I am lazy yes. 
about my own makeup. I'll do my contour too. Even because I'm just a regular girl who happens to be an esthetician, but I'm not a, a makeup artist. So I'll show you what this lame fucking girl who does not put on any makeup anymore. When I do put on I'm gonna makeup, how I need to on see that first, Elizabeth. Oh my god, she might not people. show people. <laughs> All right, guys. To contour, like, right. we'll see. So if you see the video, uh, if you see the video, pass the test. We're gonna workshop that we'll see, in if the you city. Guys see the video, we're gonna pass the test, and I'm gonna feel great. If you, I feel you'll like know pass the test. I think you might if like it. You don't it. see a video of Elizabeth. And First of all, Elizabeth <laughs> is the most competitive person. Am with, I? No, no, no. I mean about like showing that you can like overcome and oh, yeah. meet anything so yeah, now, really that I said, now, now that I said now that I said now that I said I think I'm gonna need to you to show me first she is going home right now she's like, and she's studying contouring for the next shit. four days and then she's gonna blow it out of the water because she refuses the to fail god damn Okay. You guys are never going to see a contour video for me. We're just going to let Zab's do it. Just quietly let that just fall over. Oh, oh my god. god. That's okay. And then I graduated from high school, and when I left, I. I apply to different schools based on different majors. Mm -hmm. oh, so I, I just kind of just looked, looked at different programs and what they offered and yeah. what seemed that they were most comprehensive or, you know, whatever the school offered the best right. in. So what, like, what kind of different, I mean, obviously, Andre and I went to Parsons together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you knew her. programs did you look at though? Because it's really interesting. Most people do the opposite, right? They think yeah. what they want to do and then they look for the school that caters to that, but you were uh -huh. just like, let's just throw a wide net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which is awesome. Yeah. So I like looked at uh, a pre-law program in, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, anthropology program in Maine, and uh, English program in Atlanta, uh, and then like history, like throughout a couple places, and then bio, I kind of just flung around there. Mm -hmm. Different schools, I applied about like, 15 schools, I think. Wow. Uh, I didn't get into all of them, but I got yeah. into most, which was, you know. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, aside from math, you must have done really well across the board in all I your did, other yes. subjects to be able to yes. just, like, you want me to know? <laughs> yeah, I got much. options. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, and so then, what made you decide to go to Parsons? Well, I was going to school in Staten Island. Like, okay. I was originally going to go to school in Pennsylvania, and I realized that um, my mom and my mom's friend and I, we drove out there from Brooklyn, uh -huh. and when we got there, like, there were, like, no black people, <laughs> right. and, yeah, it was uh, Crescent, Pennsylvania, so it's, like, on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania, oh, so it was, like, past okay. Pittsburgh, Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. were nice and stuff, it just started to get really weird when, um, like, these, like, three old white men came up to me and asked me um, some questions, and they were, like, we're really excited to have you here on the basketball team. <gasps> <laughs> and my mom's face started cracking up. <laughs> and then I looked at it, I was like, excuse me, but you really don't want me on your team. Maybe if you want a cheerleader. <laughs> and they were so flabbergasted. It was too funny. <laughs> Will you just talk a little bit more about like the why behind it? Just because I think that that's uh -huh. really... I don't know, something beautiful and special, and I don't know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. 
Like, diversity for me is, like, super important. Like, just, as you know, being a black person and seeing, like, who's around us and, like, who gets power and who gets access. Uh, and then, like, the what those sort of things signify. And so that's something that I find that's important to me is, like, what how I can change language mm-hmm. by, like, having a product that says Shukwanda on it that's in the category with other, like, specialty things. So it gives value mm-hmm. instead of, like, neg- negative connotations about who Shaquanda is because most people that, when they see that, they don't know a Shaquanda, and so mm-hmm. they default to something negative. Right. And so or, or that word, that name is only associated with negative things because that's what the universe, and that's how some shit has happened. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of reclaiming that. And then also providing space for queer people by showing these different kind of, especially fluid people who are gender fluid like myself and like having like this uh, representation on the shelf. So when you like look on the shelf, you see all these different brands and stuff. And, you know, it's I would want someone that can look on a shelf and be like, oh, this is something I can relate to. Yes. I mean, you don't have to relate to it to enjoy it. But I think equity or equality, like having that diversity, mm-hmm. it just makes people feel more included. And mm-hmm. I think we need more of that, especially right now. Totally. Like we need more of it. Totally. And I love that you, that you know that, um, about equity, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, somebody said to me once, like, you know, Elizabeth, I think if somebody give you a million dollars, you just give it all away. I'm like, no, I'm not just give it all away. <laughs> I love you guys, yeah. but I know that I'm useless without money. Yeah. Like, there's only so much that uh-huh. I can do uh-huh. without amassing a certain amount of money, yeah. right? And, yeah. like, that's the thing that everybody else knows. Yeah. You know, all the big guys on top, like, and they're watching us scramble yep. here for pennies. But the truth is, like, that you're absolutely right. Like, money, equity, not even money, equity is power, and that's how you move anything yeah. in this country anyway yeah. and that's how you really make big change is just having a seat at the table literally mm-hmm. and um no grabbing a seat at the table being like mine thank mm-hmm. you so much yeah. i appreciate it <laughs> one last thing that i wanted to say and it kind of has nothing to do with anything but i was thinking about it when you're talking about um showing up on the shelf as your true authentic self mm-hmm. the only other like character that i can really think of right now a black woman character on mm-hmm. the shelf is aunt jemima mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's... See, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? And that's, that's... I mean, Ben Ben Rice, too, is another one. That's, yeah, that's another one. These caricatures of, like, of an identity that these people existed or some form of it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, our great-great-great-great-great-grandmas, mm-hmm. our great, or even grandmas, our totally. great, you know, have lived these lives. And then corporations that monetize off of these ideals that are not inclusive mm-hmm, so totally. i mean i don't know the politics of of that company so i can't really like Nor say that you know true but it's just it's but it's a feeling yeah and that's kind of enough right mm-hmm. because i don't know nobody ever came forward and was like i'm not jemima i love mm-hmm. you guys and they <laughs> said right? that they, they said that oh there was one and that they paid her or whatever and they right. did some research and it just seems a bit yeah a bit strange but yeah but they yeah. updated her look, which I thought was really? also kind of interesting. The choice. <laughs> I want to take a look at her. Was you she should, like yeah. A doll? Huh? She looks like a brat doll now. No, no. She like <laughs> went from being like you know a grandma from the turn of the century yeah, to like so to like pearls, style. yeah, yeah. With, like straight hair, yeah, yeah, yeah kind yeah. of thing. And like I'm not knocking on a relaxer or anything, but. Yeah. 
I was just like, and they gotta if they gonna, I mean, if they gonna use a black woman, they gonna have to at least kind of, yeah, give a little little fro or something, yeah, a little that's texture, a yeah. Right? People thought that was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even like that uh, bottle's real uh-huh. hair. I was actually looking real comfortable with those white folks. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Just saying, not mm-hmm. saying, I'm just saying. So that's but people like they some people like feel a certain way about my brand. Yeah, which yeah. people? Uh, like. Uh, some a handful of white people and then like a couple black people because okay. you know when they see me they I look racially ambiguous right and so you know they're like are you black right or, you know like I, I get it on my like Instagram and then on my like in my YouTube stuff and then yeah. I just know not to yeah not to be upset because you know it's so fucked up because in our culture we're just so used to being things taken away from us yes and then. Yes. You reused, resur- usurped, and all that stuff. Yes. And so I'm just like, hey, you know, just go in, try to go in with love or with information instead mm-hmm. of coming out my face because, you know, I had to fight a lot as a kid when it came to like me being so light skinned. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> Imagine my surprise growing up in a town of 600, the only black family moving to New York and having black people be like, oh, but you're like mixed race, right? Like, as far as I know, both my mom and my daddy are black. As far as I know, my grandparents are both black. So, um, well, I gotta admit, my daddy is white. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, and it's especially what you're saying. It's like just people are always trying to take away from you, and then it's yeah. and when you're trying to claim ownership of yourself and your culture, having your own people come and try and take that away from you, it's really, really hurtful. It, it is hurt. Yeah. It does hurt. And then I try to think of why it hurts them, mm-hmm. and so. That part of like being nurturing is like very big for me where it's like I I'm entitled to feel hurt because it's a real feeling and at the same time it's important to know like why they feel a certain way to, to act like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think especially in the in our community we have to heal each other and like and I think one of the best ways is to be empathetic as much as we can. Yes, hundred percent. Even Estee Lauder had the story of starting this in her kitchen, yep. like at her table mm-hmm. and storing it in the fridge because they would separate or whatever. Yeah. I rooted it in research and in efficacy and I kind of started there and I was just like, if I'm going to do this, like I can't build, you know, your like $9 razor or whatever because it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, there has to be a group of women that find this same experience as Estee mm-hmm. And so reaching out and um, trying to learn more about those women and while I was doing that I was um, doing the research on the industry itself and learning about razors and I there was no way I could have built a nine dollar razor if I had tried right. anyway because it's interesting that 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 is the least accessible because it's the most crowded and so owned by very often these larger um, manufacturers and there are so few left in the world and they're all grappling over the same share of the market Mm. and there was just no way to get in without hundreds of of millions so I kept poking my nose in and I found a way (laughs) right Uh, and too is when you see these dudes doing it like Alex and I keep talking about this like the millennials that are building these incredible businesses but like you know like Squarespace and Shopify just building these awesome companies that make everything easier for us because and they get it because they are us and so for you I'm because I think this all the time you're just like these two white dudes aren't 
that much older than I am. They certainly aren't any smarter than I am. What do they know that I don't? Like, let's figure this out. Because they just did this right. last year. So, like, <laughs> good for you, yeah. girl. And trust me, you know, the stories of, like, oh, my gosh, they have more access than me. They went to Wharton. They did this. They did that. You know, they had access to investors and capital and, and all of that. Those stories definitely hunted me down. But I'm, I'm an immigrant at heart. <laughs> I was just like, I will figure this shit out. Yeah. And I, I think I always have to remember to give credit to the women I encountered on my journey. Mm -hmm. So not only did women become customers, but they're the ones who picked up the phone on the other end. Mm. Even if they were secretary at the manufacturing place, the second they heard my voice and or the second I sent an email saying, I want to change the access that women have to better shaving tools, they were like, yeah, we're going to figure this out yeah. for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. They're probably like, finally. <laughs> Yeah. We've been talking about this for years. We've been waiting for you, girl. <laughs> that's so funny because that's like almost exactly what, um, when I finally found our German manufacturer, that is what she said. She's like, first of all, we have been shaving like this forever. I don't understand why you American women put yourself through the pain yeah. that you do with those cheap razors. Yeah. Wow. But she's like, yeah, so how can we help? Yes. I was in LA at like a fundraising event for my old job, which was like at this nonprofit. And my colleague and I uh, were talking to this guy and he was like a producer and he was complaining about how Me Too was impacting James Franco's career. And like, he was like, what's going to happen to his career now? And I just got so blessed. You will be just fine. <laughs> He's going to be fine. I mean, look at Louis C.K., right? Right. So I was just like, well, what about the girl that was, like, trying to be an actress mm -hmm. and then had to, like, leave? Yeah. Leave the her whole passion. thing. passion, right. Yeah, she had to leave her passion and start over again. So I think probably there's so many people who have had to, like, pick up and switch and then you just end up a little bit older and a little bit poorer and a little bit like more exploratory and I'm glad it happened to me because I'm really excited about the impact I'm gonna have but I also just you know it kind of like it it takes a special it, person to happen. turn it right like yeah. think about all the other as soon as I said what I said I realized like think of all the other people who weren't able to do that right who right. who weren't yeah. able to just say well fuck that guy because that takes a lot to be able to believe in yourself that much right like I'm totally. sure that right. most people are just yeah you'd fall back into your shell and that's why the patriarchy is what it is and that's you know yes. that's, that's why things are the way that they are because divide and conquer and just keep beating people down and making them feel less than and you've got no competition right you can just run everything so janet and i flew out to la first we went to miss tina's house she was wonderful um and then we went to chris jenner's house oh my god <laughs> Stop. Yeah, we went to the Kardashian home. I've had a lot of like amazing podcasting adventures. I mean, I'm like, I, I like running the business a lot, but I do miss like being able to just like go to Miss Tina's house. Like Miss now, Miss yeah. Jenner's house. I'm not gonna yeah, lie, man. I kind amazing. of stand Chris Jenner. She might be partially hooved, and that I mean, she <laughs> might be partially the devil. But a um, bitch is a business woman. She knows what the fuck she's doing, and that I stand. Like business ladies killing it but i feel like there's been a real like 
anti-Kardashian backlash lately that I can get on board with. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. As a whole, I don't like them, but I do think that there have been smart business decisions. They are smart business people, but, like, it's no longer, like, cool to just, like, flaunt your fucking wealth in that way. Like, okay, just, well, we just with, that being said, with that being earlier. said, though, I'm not mad at Kim. I thought that I was, but I can't be mad at somebody who's just getting black ladies out of jail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's done some she's done some good work lately. Do you know I'll what I mean? I mean, um, she's not, she might also be partially hooved, so I'm not going to lie. She's fucking bananas. They all are. Right? Um, that house is, yeah, it was in like the Kardashian Tell house. Tell us about the house. Did they serve you lemonade? Did you get tea? If you got tea, did she try to, oh, wait, you're not black. It's champagne. okay. Janet Mock, they tried, they might have tried to, um, Get out Janet Mock. But she was with you, so you were she you protected her. <laughs> I tried to get out Janet Mock, but um, they did you do have to, they have marble floors and, and you have to wear booties over your shoes. So you walk wow. in like white booties and um, also that's class. They don't make you take off your shoes. They're like, No, no, yeah. we know they're expensive. Here's some booties to put over them. I guess so, but I was like also like have a floor that allows shoes. <laughs> right? Like you have people cleaning all the time probably. Yeah. It's like it's not like like your house can't be constructed very intelligently if you can't work. <laughs> I'd be slip sliding with booties on yeah. on a marble floor. Yeah. You can barely walk as is. I know. That like sounds terrible. And then also, they have like these like white Hermes chairs, but like <laughs> the first thing they do is like a maid kind of like runs in and like puts like like a sort of like towel blanket on top of it and that was another thing where i was like okay first of all you're implying that i'm too dirty to sit in <laughs> brooklyn phil yeah <laughs> like, oh wait they like run over and like throw a towel on it and i'm like yeah. okay and then i'm also like another thing like design flaw is people literally cannot sit on your chairs honestly and you know what i'm like learning that. no i'm learning so much this is how i never understood how people can keep things so white and that's how you do is you don't actually use it nobody is actually sitting on any of these things or walking on yes. the floors it's just to look at. This is like the new version of uh, saran wrapping your furniture. Our grandparents put plastic stuff on it. Chris Jenner just throws a towel down before you have a chance to sit down. She was super sweet, though. And I think like it was like her. I mean, um, Caitlyn Jenner had recently transitioned. Mm. And so I think she was like, it was like interesting for her to be with Janet, who's like a famous trans activist. Mm -hmm. And like. Yeah, it was just, she actually didn't know Janet was trans until after the interview. Oh, Janet's beautiful. I mean, not that it matters, her appearance and her being trans, but she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Like, goddamn. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Yeah. And Chris didn't know, and so then, like, she kind of found out afterwards when Janet started talking about it, and it was like, they had, like, a real kind of connection, I think, around, like... Yeah. yeah. She was, you know, going through, it was like an interesting time for her when. Yeah, wow. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a really special story. I like that. Oh, Chris Jenner. Yeah. Thanks for like giving us a little insight into a, a world that we have no business being in. Except they put it all over the TV, so. I just wonder, when they put the towel down, was it like a shitty raggedy towel that we all kind of have in the back of our closet? Or is it like a nice towel? No, it was like a really nice towel. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
So can we talk about your community acupuncture work? Because I think that that is so interesting. And just like, I think that as non-immigrant people, I can't speak on the immigrant experience. I don't know what it's like to leave a place because it's so awful that you have, you're willing to give up everything to go to have a chance at a life at another place. And so I just think that speaking on that, just having people who have lived that experience and who help other people live that experience and speaking openly about it is is important so that we can all just have empathy and understanding a little bit more of that aspect Mm -hmm. that is very much American Mm -hmm. life and it's our community members' life. So if you don't mind, sorry, putting like the entire weight of your people on your (laughs) shoulders and teaching us... Teaching us and our listeners. Represent all of the people of Mexico. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I'm actually from the US. So I I grew I was born in LA. So my parents were immigrants, but like I'm from an immigrant community. So it's definitely a part of my identity. I'm part of, you know, a border community. So it's something like like I think when you're from a border community too, like you just always have this awareness of um, the line that's literally drawn. And when I started doing the community clinics in Mexico, it was during 2018 when the caravans were arriving and the U.S. Um, wasn't allowing them in. Mm-hmm. So the Trump administration was not, I mean, it's, it, they were literally breaking humanitarian law. Mm-hmm. Like to, they weren't, weren't giving people like what's called like a credible fear interview for them to talk about like why they were presenting themselves for asylum. Um, they were just leaving like the first day that we had, it was a few hundred folks that had come up from Central America to the port of entry in Tijuana and accompanied them with the expectation that we would be like, okay, bye. Like, you know, you presented yourself and they kept them outside for like over a week, I believe. And then more people started arriving. It started becoming really clear that this was like an orchestrated kind of slap in the face and that this was going to be something that, you know, the border communities was going to have to deal with. And unfortunately it was camps started kind of popping up. Um, The Mexican government, was having like a kind of like orchestrated with the U.S. kind um, lack of a response to this while in um, people coming here, like the most stressed out people that you can possibly imagine because like you leave everything that you know, um, you only do that when you have no other choice. You know, it's not even like, a like, you know, the narrative is always like, oh, they come here for a better life. Like, no, like this is legit people looking for a chance. Yeah, like this is like a chance at, at life. life. Yes. At life, just a survival. You know what I mean? And so when people are in that survival mode, their nervous system never gets out of that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of like impacts on their um, physical and mental well being that doesn't ever get taken into consideration. You know, when I we first did the first pop up was in this shelter called Juventud in um, Tijuana. And it was just like a few of us with like yoga mats and tables and stuff. And we had, like, some intake forms where, like, okay, what's your chief complaint? And it was, like, oh, I have a cough because I was kidnapped and I was held underwater for, or, like, in a box with water for 13 days. Or, like, I was treating someone with, like, a gunshot wound or, like, just something that was, like, there were really, really heavy concerns. And I kind of had this, like, feeling, like, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, am I this is so frivolous, you know, like mm-hmm. to be doing this like acupuncture treatment. I don't even know if I'm ever going to see them again. Like, but when you see people like have an opportunity to relax, yeah. you know, even if it is just like a little bit of time oh God, to rest touch. the nervous system, yes, yeah. some touch, yeah. some, I see you. 
and honestly a little luxury yeah like people deserve that yes. you know pampering. they deserve a little time yeah. yeah a little pampering gets get some like a good you know infused oil on their back and yes. yeah. get some cupping and that sort of thing so it it felt less frivolous once i started like looking at the impact that it had on people Now looking back, because this is sort of something I keep seeing coming up in the news, and knowing that you got that six months after you were hired, they got mm-hmm. shut down. Do you think this was maybe like a glass cliff situation? Definitely. It yeah. was absolutely a glass cliff situation. Um, there's no question about it. Yeah. And things had gotten really out of control by the time that I had joined Vine. And I knew that it was going to be a challenging job. But I remember in my first week being like, this is so much worse than I thought it was going to be. This is like, this is really a mess in here right now. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be changed and fixed. And, and I still think that it could have been possible Mm -hmm. had Twitter really wanted to invest in that product, but they were also dealing with their own challenges. They had had their worst quarter on wall street and they also needed to make a lot of changes to their own business to Mm -hmm. succeed. And so that's something that I really get. Like, you know, when a business is in any kind of distress, you have to go back to your defensible core. Mm -hmm. And if I had to answer that question, honestly, like was Vine the defensible core of Twitter? Didn't seem like it at that time. Now, could it have been like, could it have been TikTok? Maybe, but Mm -hmm. you would have had to have the entire company invested in that vision. So yeah, tricky, tricky things, right? Um, Yeah, you're right. It could have been TikTok. Like what was the, I mean, I'm not a huge social media person, but from what I know of Vine, I know that when Vine shut down, people were devastated. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know anything about this, but people were so upset. And the little bit that I do know, it seems like it was kind of like TikTok, like very similar and like short bursted stories and things like that. Yeah, very similar. I mean, essentially musically cloned Vine and then TikTok bought musically and then repackaged it back wow. to the world. So, I mean, wow. everything, everything <laughs> about crazy it, industry. it is a crazy industry. Even yeah. the name TikTok is meant to suggest short form video like that you only have you know, six seconds to make it. And a lot of the features that we had been working on are now present in it, like collaboration and sounds and other stuff like that. But the the core of it is, is pretty much the same thing. Like short form video hasn't really evolved that much in the last six or seven years. It's really just that it's become more mass adopted. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Vine was really just for creators with a capital C, and those people are like the people that are really motivated to wind up in Hollywood, the people that are trying to make video their profession, these people that like are willing to put a lot of time and energy into learning the tools and the editing techniques. And now it's different. Now video is hitting the mainstream in a way where anybody is like, oh, maybe I can like, you know become a video influencer let me just like you know pick up my phone here and see what I can do but it's still pretty hard and so the silver lining in that role was that I had noticed that it was really hard for a lot of people to make video and even the people that knew how to make video well they still didn't always want to take the time that it would be required to make stuff look good Mm -hmm. and so I got really curious about what it would be like to make something for everybody else like the people that didn't feel as competent working in that medium what would it be like to make something for casual creators uh folks that were like I don't know I'm not technical enough I don't really know how to use video and so leaning on my background, having done a lot of stuff with machine learning at Last.fm, I was like, you know, I wonder if we could use artificial intelligence to help solve this problem. What if we could know what's in your video clips and then use that to make a rough cut? And not only would that help make it faster, 
But the other thing it would do is it would also just get you over that initial creative hurdle of like starting from nothing, which is Mm -hmm. so, so difficult for people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even more difficult for casual creators because unlike creative professionals like myself, it's not like they're working every day to try and challenge their own creative block to work through their own hurdles like that's a really hard skill to learn like that's something that I had pounded into me in in design school it's like you think you don't have an idea well like sit the fuck down and like pump out 10 sketches and now I bet you do right like yes yes exactly yeah (laughs) it's not nice but like you learn how to do it and of course there's days where you feel super creative and like you're just inspired and everything flows through your fingers and other days where it feels like you just can't even turn your own tap on at all it's just like dripping but when it's how you make your money you really start to pay attention to your own quirks what keeps you creative what you need Mm -hmm. and that's not something that you can expect of people who are amateurs people who are casual creators they're just going to be like I don't know how to get started. This is really hard because it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really easy to stop. Like, it's really yes. easy to just not even take that first step. Like, everybody has a box of watercolors shoved away in some drawer in their house that they've never <laughs> opened. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's because just getting them open and mixing them with water and trying to do that thing for the first time totally. feels incredibly difficult. Well, what do I to paint? What do I record? People. What do I feel? Exactly. What do I make? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't have any ideas. I'm not inspired. I'm creatively blocked. But I really want to. I really, really want to. Yes. And this is something that's inside everybody. Like, people at their core are all creative. We were all creative as children. Like, creativity is part of who we are. It doesn't necessarily have to come out in making art. It could be coming out in, like, DIY or cooking or baking or some other kinds of aesthetics, but like making things is something that makes us happy as people. And everybody deserves to have that little bit of joy in their day, whether you're going to make it for lots of people to see or just make something for yourself to enjoy. It just feels good. It feels nice to make things and look at them after and be like, I did that. Yeah, Yeah. it was really satisfying. Yeah. And so I got really interested in how we could democratize video. And so that was when I started to work on the idea for Trash. And that is the company that I just, I just built and was just acquired. And so that was the last three years of my life. And I teamed up with my my co-founder, Dr. Jean-Viv Patterson, who's an amazing scientist, and she did all of our machine learning and technology, and I did all of our product and design. With a small team, we executed an iOS app that um, did exactly that. It, like, helped make you instant video, and I remember the first time you used it, Elizabeth, you were like, you said that someone was like, I can't believe that you actually made that video, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and two is... Remember we did it together. We did it, it together. Really oh, yes. Up. I still have it. We did the, the wax. You said, I can't yeah. believe we just made that video because she had yeah. just started working. I was like, let's make a little wax video. My client, Hannah, just gave me super secret access to her new app. Yeah, it was and very cool. It was very cool. And it's exactly what you... It was way cooler than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was way cooler than I thought it was going to be because it was like photography before Instagram. Before Instagram... Nobody thought they were a photographer and nobody thought that they could be a photographer. But then Instagram mm-hmm. comes and it gives you the tools and makes it easy. You don't even have to think about it to make these beautiful looking things. And when you were describing your app to me the first time, I was like, oh, it's like Instagram, but for video. And yeah. which I thought, but then I saw it and I was like, this is so much further beyond just in yeah. that video. Exa- you said it perfectly. Video is so difficult, but because we in our culture, we watch movies, we watch TV. It seems so easy because we've seen mm-hmm. it. From the womb. Totally. Alex and yeah. I just started filming the summer girl. 
the fuck it's i was so like this is why hard. there's 300 people sets there's so much that it's goes so into hard. it and we yeah. just make it look easy because of hollywood so yeah it's a real like read write problem i i call it like we can all read videos so well we're so fluent in this language mm. because it's around us all the time we see commercials we watch tv we watch movies it's like in the street and so we know what looks good and we can imagine what we want our things to look yes. like but then writing it. it, like actually making it, yeah. is super challenging. Yes. And there's all of these incredibly tiny little micro decisions that you have to make to get just the right shot or the right lighting or the right this or the right yeah. that. And so that we try to take away some of that stress like the, for people. The mood and the music and like mm-hmm. you guys, you do so much more than I initially imagined to make this video really feel like something beautiful yeah. that you want to show off. And that like. You know, there's filters, and, and you don't even have to think about the filters. It's just like, we watch this video, we put it together, and I think that this is probably the mood that you're going for. Tell me what you think. And then you're like, eh, tweak this. I'm, I'm not telling you about it. I'm telling the listeners. And then you go in and throw yeah. something else in, and it's like, all right, well, this is a little bit better. It's so cool. I mean, I'm doing it's a terrible job e- explaining it, but it's just very, very cool and very we'll intuitive. Like you know how to video. Yes, shit. like clip shit yeah. together and, and add <laughs> and music. And we you guys have you music, look, We too. make you look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We make you look cool even if you don't know how. So I'm so glad that I have fans on, on this on this interview. This is really cool. So Yeah. No, it's a so yeah, Trash product. Trash was just recently acquired by Visco and we're gonna be building our tech into their app in twenty twenty one. So more exciting instant video features will be coming to Visco in the near future. That is awesome. If you're a user. Very cool. And maybe it'll become one now. We have to. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and so I'm also their new director of product. So that's my that's my new job that I started on Monday. So that's so cool. That's the story. Yeah, girl. <laughs> that's so that's the story. That's it. That's my There's little a lot story. of ups and downs. And you said so many incredible things. You've had such an incredible career, and it's not and even it's over. I mean, you're right in the middle of it. Over. It's kind of insane. Yeah, but I just, hope not. No, dude. But you're just super driven and obviously very smart and talented. But just. I don't know, like... You were made to be alive during this time. Yes, yes. Hit the right <laughs> targets like, at the right shit. time. Honestly, yes. It's so cool. Your story is like one of... You know, it kind of reminds me of... You know, I was listening... I was watching... It was a Bill Gates documentary. No. It wasn't. I think that I was watching... No, because no, it wasn't. It was like Freakonomics or something like that. It was something about him, but it wasn't him doing it, right? And they were just talking about all of the things that had to line up in order for Bill Gates to become Bill Gates, like mm-hmm. being born in the right time, having the family that could send him to or buy him this computer when a time when nobody had mm-hmm. computers, and just all of these things that didn't have anything to do with him himself, but forced him to become this great person that we know today and yours yours sound very very similar to that just like so <laughs> well, that's well, very no, flattering so you and bill gates that sorry that's the only person i, I can compare yourself to girl is bill gates but like you're gonna have to take it but like honestly just like it's, somebody who's it's there interesting to hear it from that perspective because i think so many times along this journey i was probably far too focused on the lack and the things that i didn't have which is also not a great recipe for success and definitely something that i learned to overcome and focus on the things that I did have but like being a woman in this industry has just always felt like such a hard cross to bear and then also being a woman working in consumer tech too that's like another niche that's like it's even like a harder like little concentric circle within that big circle and actually these last two weeks are pretty cool because my friend Esther Crawford she also her company um, squad was just acquired by Twitter and so like within two weeks 
my company was acquired and then her company was acquired and it was all over the internet and a lot of people were like whoa these are like two women founders in consumer tech that have both been had successful exits and that's that's very, very new. Like, I mean, only 2% of venture capital funding goes to women. Mm -hmm. And then of that, like almost zero women pursue consumer tech. Like people, women who do work in tech and found their own companies, this is going to sound a little harsh, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I always joked when I was fundraising that like, you're allowed to do babies and you're allowed to do makeup and you're allowed to do fashion and you're allowed to do women's health and you're allowed to do period shit and you're allowed to do pregnancy (laughs) but you're not allowed to make robots you're not allowed to build machine learning you're not allowed to do consumer tech like there's still things that are like out of bounds that are just like not considered industries that women are allowed to build companies in and so um yeah social and consumer that's like to see both Esther and I succeed in that category was just like it was really fucking cool. It was like the, a new era is here. Yes, <laughs> like closing we are out doing the worst this. year ever with yeah. this. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. I'm very proud of you. I'm very so, proud of you. That's so but cool. Yeah, so I always felt like I wasn't in the right place at the right, like I always felt like I wasn't the right person to be doing these things because I look at my career and I'm like, well, I could have accomplished all of this 10 years sooner if I had been a man. Or if I had gone to Stanford, or if I had grown up in the Bay Area, my life would have been so different. I would have had way more money in the bank, and I would be 28 years old instead of 38 years old. But you just can't look at things that way. Like, yeah. everything unfolds at everyone's own pace. And my story is is very multicolored and probably has led me to where I am today in ways that those other paths wouldn't. And you're right. Um, there's a lot that I have to be grateful for. I was really into mixed media art for some reason, just because I like the abstract. Yeah, I enjoyed the abstract, and from there, I realized my the inspiration from wanting to do design and yeah, wanting to to build clothes and design that became even more of prevalent in my practice. Mm. So even though the school that I was working with had no design background, like they only were fine arts focused. Okay, my my junior year I think it was going into my junior year I had a project like a summer project and um I went into my great grandmother's house you know how everybody's great grandmother has like a linen closet that's just just a shit ton of like old sheets and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not using that she's like low-key collecting yes yeah <laughs> Oh, I can totally pick. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's not that many beds in this house for you to have this many sheets. Right. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, um, so I went into her linen closet and I just took out some some of the sheets. I was like, Grandma, you're not using these, right? Like, whatever. She's like, whatever you're going to do. So I took it and created like a mixed media splash, like splatter paint art piece with it. But then I took it and I draped it on a mannequin. To make a dress, and that was the first time I had ever like draped, and first time I had ever really made a dress. Yeah, how did you know what to do? (laughs) (laughs) To the listener, she's shrugging her shoulders. Exactly. (laughs) It became, I I think, the way the way that I remember approaching it, especially at that time, because I didn't have any formal training in like sewing and stuff, um, was that I addressed it in the same way that I did sculpture. So I had been making like little sculptures in class. So I was like, all right, so let's just try to do that with fabric. Wow. 
Wow. Like, holy so, shit. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, my brain does not work like right, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, just, okay, that's a dot. Okay, let's just make another dot. <laughs> yeah. So did you, okay, and I can't wait to hear the answer, but I'm imagining you kind of, did you use like, a needle and thread or did you just use like something to make it hard and then like mold a dress like no, that? No, you like made an actual dress. Needle and thread. Yeah. And that was the one part of sewing that I knew was necessary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that part. Okay. <laughs> um, and I had like right before that, because again, being from Richmond, Virginia, the only access to like art supplies we had at the time were like Walmart and Michaels and Joann's. Don't be afraid to fail, just fail. Mm -hmm. Cause failure means there's only one direction you can go and that's up. Mm -hmm. You will only learn from these failures. Mm -hmm. You will only learn from the obstacles, from the hurdles, from the trials, from the tribulations. So I just, I mean, if I could talk to younger Sabrina, I would say, girl, you're 12, <laughs> shut up. Like, you know nothing and that's actually okay. Yes. It's okay. Like, I think when you're a black kid or a kid of color existing in the world, adults do treat you a little bit different. Mm -hmm. They do. They treat us differently. They, they think we're older. Yes. 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 They think they're, they think we're older when we're not. Mm -hmm. Like, they think we know more because like, you know, we have a, maybe have a harder time or to, it's all microaggressive and whack. Like, mm -hmm. that's bullshit. You're all still kids. Just because you're savvy doesn't make you emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It just doesn't. And I just wish I, you know, I wish I knew that. Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't give myself such a hard time. Yes. I was upset that maybe I wasn't going to have a degree at the same time as my friends. Uh -huh. Like, I was upset that I didn't have a high school diploma at the same time as my friends, even though I got really high SAT scores. Mm -hmm. Like, I kept comparing myself to everyone else, and it's like, no, stop worrying about that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not important. It's actually not important. What is important, not all the kids that I grew up with or that graduated on time got sexually abused. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they didn't grow up in a trap like I did. Maybe they didn't grow up with eight to nine people in a two-bedroom apartment like I did. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't compare yourself mm -hmm. to everyone else all the time and you have to give yourself a break give yourself a hundred percent give yourself you gotta give grace. yourself a break yeah yeah just because you know stuff because like you're being exposed to things way beyond your like you shouldn't have been mm -hmm. at the age that you were doesn't make you now an adult mm -hmm. and like 18 does not make you an adult i'm sorry you don't know shit at 18. Mm -hmm. like there were like a handful of people that do and we covet them and call them geniuses and that's why because it's not normal mm -hmm. it's not normal stop trying to be that it's not that's not typical and it's completely okay mm -hmm. you can literally come back from anything mm -hmm. you can come back from anything um, except felonies. <laughs> so don't be stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get your rights taken away from you that brown people die for. You know what I'm saying? She said except felonies. Uh, except felonies. Like, that's the only thing. Is like, I'm like, yo, make a mess. Make a mess. Yes. Like, sleep around. Do whatever it is that you need to do that you think you need to do. Yes. European kids go on sabbatical and go, like, 
see the world and learn other languages. What do American kids do? Make a mess, learn nothing, <laughs> and become salty adults. Like, yeah, no. we got to do better. Yes. Okay. We got to do better. So I'll be the first to tell you I did it all wrong. Yes. And I still was able to help my family. I still am a pillar of the community. Mm-hmm. And I did everything wrong. And she's killing it. At first. And I'm still doing well. And you're killing it. Like you get to make You whatever. can say it. You're killing it. Mm-hmm. She's killing it. We thought we'd come back to a segment today. I didn't know then, but I'm older now. (laughs) So I didn't know then, but I know now that when you're alone in a parking lot taking a nap in between your college classes, don't open your car door for a random ass man. Yes. All right. But I did. (laughs) I did. So I was in community college. I went to college for just like a year and a half before I became, before I went to esthetician school. So I went to community college and I was always exhausted because I was working full time and so there was one day a week where I had a lag, like two hour lag between classes. So I would take a nap in my car, my shitty little 1987 Nissan Sentra. And one day I was either just waking up from the nap or I was about to go to sleep. And this guy comes over and he's knocking on my car window. I could have just like driven away at that point because there's a random ass man in a parking lot. There's not another person in sight. Mm-hmm. No one. Yes. And... But I didn't. I was just like, oh, he like, needs something. Mm-hmm. He needs directions. <laughs> the parking lot. So I pulled out my window, and he tells me that he is a, st- a grad school student. Mm-hmm. And he, I guess he said he was writing a paper. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the actual fucking paper was about, but he wanted to know if he could tickle my feet. <laughs> He wanted to tickle my feet and he wanted to tickle them a few times. He wanted to tickle them <laughs> with my socks on and then with my socks off and then record my reaction. So I don't know what this paper was about. So, I was so naive. I was like 19, 18. So then what did you do? Did you shut the car door and say, get the fuck away no, from here? It's just like, oh my God, I'd love to help. Feel like looking back now, he was like twenty years older than me. That's he was definitely some creepy predator. But I was right because why would a grad school student? This was a community college. Yes, you know what That's I mean. That's a great point. <laughs> he was just like, oh, let me. I didn't even think about that this far into the story. It's a community college, and it's a grad, a quote unquote grad student. Unless he like lived nearby. Honestly, there's no graduate degree at community college. It happens. Are there? No. No, you don't even get past an associate's no, degree. No. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was just like, well, you know what? This is what they talk about in my favorite murder, like fuck politeness. Yes, yes. But in my mind, I'm like, if I say something mean or bad, like no one is around. Well, did you feel might scared? Kill me. I'm not scared enough. I definitely right. was like a little confused, but I right. wasn't terrified. I right. let him tickle my feet, my bare fucking feet. So, so any twice, twice, I, a couple times. He recorded how long I lasted, like. Without being Wait, like, ah, I can't you laugh anymore. I was just yeah, definitely. I'm very ticklish. I can barely get pedicures. <laughs> he probably had like an enormous boner the whole time, and I didn't realize. <laughs> of course he did. You're just like that man had a lot of money in his pocket or something. That was so <laughs> weird, <laughs> so insane. And like, 
I guess like I did have a cell phone at the time. I had like a Motorola flip phone. Right. So I guess I could have, you know, called for help. I don't know. Called my boyfriend at the time. Whatever. But I didn't. And I just let him tickle my feet. And then I went back to sleep. This was last year. So I can't even say that it was like, oh, I was dumb in college. I was walking in our neighborhood in Ridgewood. I think I was going to like, I don't even know, running errands or like just going to yoga or something. And this, like, very large, very muscular man, like a huge bodybuilder man, came up to me and he was like, so I have a bet with my friend. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know. I think I was just in, like, a goofy mood that day. I'm like, sure. What, what's up? You know, like, what's the deal? And he's like, he bet me lunch that I couldn't get a stranger to stand on me. And I was like... <laughs> uh okay he's like you'd be really doing me a solid if you could just stand on me for like one second we could and it's and then and then we'll just go our separate ways and i was like so like in what way like he was like i'm just gonna lay down on the sidewalk on and and you just have to stand on me for like one second and i was like uh for whatever reason i said uh okay and he said, and I said, should I take my shoes off? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, if you want. And I was like, where is this going? Okay, I feel like I should take, God, it's all I feel like I should take my shoes off. So I stood, from, stood on this stranger, this giant muscular karate man. Like on the street? Um, like on the sidewalk? Like he laid down on the it, sidewalk? In front of, in front of like this MMA studio that's near our house. Oh my God. And I was like, okay. And then I'm like, this is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're just going to take a quick picture to show some <laughs> proof. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it just keeps getting weirder, yes. weirder and weirder. And then so I'm like, okay, we're done here. We're done here. And I like go down, go off of my way. And he was like, thanks so much. Like now I get lunch for free. And I was just like, that's oh. one of the weirdest things I've ever agreed to ever. Like, I don't know why I said yes. I just stood on a stranger's For the head. story. That really oh, I was mad. Wait, there wasn't even anything weird. Wait, you I stood on his head? I was imagining. No, no, his chest. On his oh, chest. His chest. I was imagining. With my was... bare feet. Like, Were you wearing a doing? dress? No. There I... wasn't even any creep moment. I was okay. imagining you should have No, it was just stands on my chest. It was I was imagining that he was laying on his stomach so that you were standing on his back. <laughs> the fact that you were laying on his chest makes it weirder for some reason. No, I was standing on his actual giant pec muscles. This is so weird. Like, wobbling. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, is that a weird, like, fetish <laughs> thing? Like, I'm like, is, like, someone standing on your yes. chest? Like, is that a fetish? I definitely, guess so. It must be. Definitely. We need to, Dude, you could Google it, but this. it might traumatize you. I'll Google like, it later. I, I still don't understand I, it. I, I, like, have go- so I have not Googled weird. it. I have I let it go. There's I, a fetish. I put it away. Is, is it weird that that makes me miss New York? <laughs> but it was. It was one of those New York moments where I was like, just another Tuesday. Yes. You know, like, yes. I sat on some guy's chest on the way to yoga. Like, I love so strange. And then I got home and told Kirsten and I told my I husband like, and he's like, are you kidding? I was like, no, I wish I was. Oh but I, I actually stood on this stranger's chest. Yes. My husband would be appalled <laughs> this if is, I, like, no. came home. Because he's, oh, he thinks, like, every man oh, yeah. is just, like, a weirdo. It's like a creep. Yes, I know. You know? Yeah, I it's, their it's, <laughs> it's their job. It's their job. Warn us about the creep. And, like, yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, why would I have ever done that? But like, he was just so earnest. Yes. You know? <laughs> 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 <It's> just, like... <laughs>
<laughs> oh well, New York's insane. I do miss it. This was so great. I don't even know what the takeaway was. I need to look more into the chest fetish. This is hilarious and so fucking weird. Yes. Oh my god, I'm gonna actually, I, for the first time, I'm gonna Google it because I feel like I've been living a lie. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where you don't realize how bizarre it is until you say it out loud. Yes. And you're like, oh, that was oh, weird. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's Wait, called trampling. It? It's called trampling. <gasps> Hold the phone. <laughs> no. Trampling. It's called trampling by <gasps> being trampled <laughs> underfoot by another person. A common subgenre of trampling pornography. <gasps> wow. Oh, no, do you there's some NSSW one. It's, a, it's, a, sure. it's a submissive. It's like yes. you're pinning him down. Oh my god. And Corey, in these Google images, they're mainly focusing on the chest area. No! <laughs> the oh, no. You guys, I'm a, of the obvious. Oh no, I'm a trampler. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh my goodness. You're about to be a mother, Corey. How, how, can, you, how can you live with yourself? Now I know. Oh my god, it's a whole world. It's a whole world. There's heels. Wow. I'm gonna dive deep later and take a look at this. Oh my god. Okay, now oh my we can, god. Now we can say I didn't know then, but I'm older now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know last year, no, but this year. Also, like if anyone's like people that are listening, like own your fetish. Oh my just god. just oh, trample at home. Incredible. Not with not with strangers. Oh yeah. thank you for trample, trample with friends. friends. Trample with trample friends. friends. <laughs> So my milk with my dinner is about Nick, <laughs> my husband, obviously, who is actually um, from St. Croix, even though he's like a white boy, he's second generation. So he was born and raised in St. Croix. Um, and so the first time I went home with him for Christmas, I hadn't met his family at all, like never spoke to his parents, like never met his sister. We got there. And like the first like day I realized I like noticed he was calling his mom, mommy. And I was like, oh, is he a mama's Like, <laughs> And then we, like, met, like, he has, like, a million cousins and family. And as, like, the week went on, I realized, like, all the men call their mom mommy. Like, it's not like, it's like, it's like a mommy, like an island thing, like mommy, but it's like mommy. Right. Yes. And, um, and it's just, like, so funny because it's, like, these, like, tall, like, full grown men yes. calling their mom mommy. Mommy, right. That's so good. Milk? With your dinner? So, actually an Asian client of ours. She Asian? She, 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 I'm sorry. This, this is one of my favorite stories ever. This is pre-COVID. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I hope so. This is pre-COVID. And, she, and I know she's Korean because she actually also works in Korean beauty and is in product development. And I wonder if you guys know each other. But I she too. came in one day and was like, and had been to Korea for like maybe six months. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, do you know Elizabeth? She doesn't have an English accent. She's, her friend she's, does. Her she friend does. So yes. she's like, do you know Elizabeth? Oh my God, is this <laughs> I get it hard? She's like a friend of mine, a gay British man. And he's Indian also, which is why this is milk with your dinner. An English gay British man said, do you know what I know that men need? A cock cream. A cock cream? Like for what purpose though? Like to like an anti aging, no, not lube, like an anti aging like cock cream. Yeah, like for your to make your see. I see your face because now you're thinking like maybe this is a thing. When she first said it, I was like, that's absurd because I was thinking lube also. But then I was like, do you know what? 
it a man's a thing. It could be a thing. You know they don't moisturize. Do you know what I learned, like, within the past year is that men can get fillers injected into their I did know this. They're to make I did not know that. Yeah. Yes, to make it girthy. No. What the fuck? Yeah. Yes. I've never heard that. Yes. That dick needs a cock cream. Yeah. If you're going to spend that much money, that's exactly where my thought was going. Yes. I feel bad. We can't steal this idea for Target. Don't tell Target about... Target is definitely not like, hmm, let us sell cream Maybe, girl. They might call it a Johnson cream. No, no, she's telling she's telling us right now. She's like, it's not for it's not for us. It's fine. I don't I don't think so. But, but I am not the decision maker at B. So look, Southeast Asian and Asian people, men, women who are married to Southeast Asian and Asian men, let us know if you think your man needs a cock cream because cock cream is my favorite. It's just my favorite combination of words that I ever heard in my life. I was crying, laughing so hard. I mean, you have a little bit this. of alliteration going on there. Do you with know the what I mean? Things. The double You could C's. just on code call it, you could call it on, which is also C-C Coco C-C Chanel. That's what I'm also, saying. Do you see all the, you could also low-key call it like C squared. If you want yes. to be like low-key about it. C squared. That's very manly also. Not to say that STEM is only for men. Do you I know just what had I mean? a vision of what the box looks like. Guys, we, have to we are on to this. When you're ready to not tell Target what you're doing on the side, let's, let's, make, the let's make the cock cream. It's not really an, I didn't know then, but I'm older now. It's more so a cultural observation mm-hmm. that we're going to spin into a little combination of the two, okay, I think. Like okay. Like you see? Okay, mm-hmm. so. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I, you're stroking I'm stroking it because I want to say this in the most intelligent way that I can because it's kind of dumb, but it's not really. Okay. So RBG was a really fucking smart bitch. If you guys don't know, you should definitely go and watch a couple of her interviews or there's some documentaries. She just did so, so much for us as a country, but especially us as women. It's incredible. But one of the things that I heard her say once in an interview was the interview asked her, well, they said, you know, throughout your career, you've had so many incredible landmark decisions and you've done so much to push the culture forward. And you must be so proud of yourself for what you were able, the legacy that you were able to leave. And she said, you know, the pendulum of change always swings both ways. And that was such an incredible answer to me because of what the next thing I'm going to say is, which Kobe Bryant famously, when he won the Western Conference Championship, so right before they went to the NBA Finals, it was the last game everybody was celebrating, and he was just very solemn when he was answering questions from the media, and they said, aren't you, like, why aren't you excited? You just won the Western Conference title, like, this is so great. And he said, the job's not done. I didn't come here to win the Western Conference title. I came here to win the NBA championship. I've got nothing to celebrate. The job's not done. Mm -hmm. Which essentially is what RBG said also. Mm. Pendulum of change always swings both ways. Job's not done. And so two great people that we lost this year. It's a really good way to end the... Do you know? know. Yeah, two great people that we lost this year. Two really great minds. Two great leaders. Really both said the same thing in two different ways, which I love, which is... Job's not done. It's a lot of work to do, guys. For fucking real. <laughs> For real. I love that. I want right? to make... You see, that's how I stroke my beard. You saw me stroking my beard because I've been thinking of this for quite some time. 
afterwards, you know? Because my boyfriend's been saying this to me a lot lately. Because, that you know, I'm always... We've got a lot that's going on. I'm like, honey, let's celebrate. And he's yeah. like, job's not done. You've got nothing to celebrate now. Yeah. You guys are in the middle. Thanks for keeping us you know. Headed. Okay, so let's go now to our listener questions. We have this email from our listener, Karen. And, okay, just the subject line made me giggle because it says penis cup (laughs) dot 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 what? (laughs) So the email reads, hey, Elizabeth and Alex. So over last summer, I started to notice that my darling partner was leaving a drinking glass on the bathroom vanity, and I was just like, oh, he's rinsing with Listerine. I then used said cup for Listerine as well, not thinking much about it. Then one day I noticed the cup was on the floor under the vanity. Odd. I questioned him about it. Turns out he's been using the cup to wash his dick in the sink. Because he's too lazy to walk 36 inches to the shower and use the shower head. (laughs) I was wondering why there was always water all over the vanity top and dripping onto the cabinets. It's dick water on my bathroom vanity. (laughs) For the record, he grew up in Cuba and perhaps they all use dick cups. I come from an Italian family, and we prefer a bidet. <laughs> Maybe Dick Cup is just a low-budget bidet? From Karen. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Everything about it, I just want to know when she asked him, like, what the deal with the cup was. He was just like, uh, it's for my dick. Duh. A low-budget like, bidet. Assuming I wonder if he kind of was like, oh, obviously she knows that this cup is for my dick, or if he didn't think about it, because he's just like, I've always had a dick cup. Right, like, bitch, why? Gotta keep the dick fresh. Exactly, why are you just catching on to the dick cup? It's been here for years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. she was then rinsing her, well, maybe the Listerine killed any of the dick germs. That's a great point. I think so. So, Karen, I think you'll, you're you going to be okay, <laughs> like, physically. <laughs> Mentally? I don't know. Um, Alex, have you encountered anything similar to a dick cup? Yes. You have! <laughs> now we're being rewarded because y'all bitches are writing us in with your crazy stories. Yes. <laughs> happy. <laughs> I'm so excited. Are you going to read this one? You can yes, read it. So okay. this was sent to us from Mary on Instagram and I started to read this out loud and I fucking, I was starting we to We didn't finish so because we, we were like, finish. we want to experience it together, together on as a recording. group. All together, we are going to experience this. It's going to be so great. Also, when I was reading it, I realized I don't know anything about like uh, hookup language because a bitch has been with her man for like 12 oh years. Oh my God. So you guys probably know what stumble. FWB is. And I was like, what's FWB? But I was like, what does that mean? I'm like, friends with benefits. God, I'm like Even my old married ass knew. Right? Okay. So, hey ladies. Hey ladies! I just remembered I owe you a message about the dick cup. So, I've never had a dick cup in my bathroom that I know of, <laughs> but it reminded me of something I used to do in grad school. I had a friend with benefits who basically lived between the school campus and my place. So when I was working late at school, I would often hit him up to see if he wanted to come over after. And well, in grad school, I didn't have time to shower every day. 
but I did keep myself hydrated, so I usually had a water bottle, like from a vending machine. <laughs> Nights when I was going to my friend with benefits place, I got into the habit of, before I left school, finding a private single person bathroom and using my water bottle to um, freshen up. <laughs> it works super well to wash yourself while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I would, I need to read this part. Okay. I would use a little hand soap and rinse really well so I would be fresh as a daisy before heading out. I'm thinking about like the bush I have right now and if I put like soap on it and didn't have a shower like, would to never really rinse, rinse it, I would, would just have a foamy <laughs> It would be so stingy the whole ride over. And you'd have to go back to the bathroom once you got there to like lift a leg up and just really get A little bird there. bath. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that's not even the whole of the story, girls. Oh it goes God. on. I didn't really keep a specific bottle on me for that purpose, but I would use whatever bottle I had on <laughs> hand. So resourceful, it's sustainable. This is sustainability at its finest. I love how deep this story is. Not even goes. using wipes, you know, because those are bad for the environment. Right, she exactly. was like, nope. Nope. And not even reusing the same water bottle. She'd use whatever <laughs> bottle she had on hand, rinse it out, and put it in, and then put it in the recycling <laughs> bin on my way out. Because that bitch cares about the planet. She is us. So I kind of understand wanting that easy way to wash up when you aren't going to take the time to shower. Stroh was at school, but my place wasn't far from his, but I still wasn't going to take the effort to take a full shower. <laughs> She's like, this is just a friends with benefit. Unless you want to put a ring on it, I don't, right? you don't get me fully showered. You get the bird bath, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Now it's time for Hey Ladies. Hey Ladies. I love to sing. I love it. Okay, so, you guys, my mom wrote in this week. <laughs> mom. Sharice Taylor wrote us in maybe the best hey ladies that anybody is ever going to write in. So this is what you guys have to top. First of all, I should start by saying That's my parents great. are hilarious. But I think that maybe this is like a black parent thing because I've spoken to other uh, black people about this. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, your, your parents are just like, oh, no. Uh... You know, once I said to them, oh, I thought so-and-so died in, like, you know, when we were kids. And they said, no, no, he died in um, 2004. <laughs> Just so casually. <laughs> Just so casually. So I don't know if this is a black person thing or I don't know what it is. But my mom sent me probably the most incredible hey ladies that anybody can ever send. And I'm going to read it to you guys right now. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. And I guess the really funny part about this is she, my, so my mom's a podcast listener. I'm not even ashamed to say that. Sharice has been I one of it. our listeners since day one. And she wrote me and she said, I have a, I'd like to write into this segment. So I started but like just, very casual. She said it very casually. So I just took some screenshots as she was telling the story so that we could kind of read it together and enjoy it together. And Alex just said, this story is fucking crazy. <laughs> and I was like, just like, uh, and I was like, wait, wait, what? And so then I had to go back and read it, and I fucking can't believe it. Anyway, okay, so my mom, she <laughs> sent this in for, <laughs> I wish I knew then what I know now. I think she means, I didn't know then, but I'm older now. And so here's one about my dad. <laughs> so good. When dad was doing handy wheels, this is back in the 90s, my dad used to work for handy wheels. He would drive down to New York City a couple times a week. One day he decided to go down a highway to get to another highway, and just outside of Berryville, he sees a woman pulling a laundry cart full of clothes. 
There's a laundromat in Berryville, so he surmises that she was coming from there. He pulled over to offer her a ride, thinking she was from the area. My dad is the sweetest guy. <laughs> He's so such a good sweet. Samaritan. Also, like, wasn't even thinking, like, she might think I'm a serial killer, you know? Right. He's the kindest man ever. So kind. So. He wouldn't even think that thought. Wouldn't even think he that thought. He was living upstate for so long, he forgot all about the city life. Exactly. <laughs> so, he pulled over to offer her a ride, thinking she was from the area. After he loaded her stuff into the car and asked where she was going, she replied, Port Jervis. Dad says, you were walking to Port Jervis? She says, I have to catch a train. He takes her to the train. It's a 45-minute ride. And later that night, he tells me the story that he called, quote-unquote, a weird lady. So what Dad didn't know is that this weird lady was a murderer who had been sentenced to the drug rehab facility in Berryville because she was pregnant, and it's the only rehab facility in New York State for pregnant women. And there was an all-points bulletin issued that day for finding her because she escaped the facility. (laughs) That's not the best part, guys. It gets better. And she had already killed two men. Your dad could have been murdered. Kevin Taylor could have been murdered. Oh, dude. He's just a nice Samaritan. He's just trying to be a nice guy. He was just a nice guy, and he wasn't murdered. So here's the hilarious part, because he didn't also get caught with her, because if he had been caught with her, he could have been charged with accessory, adding in a betting escape. He was helping her escape without knowing it. Sheree says, oh, my God, it was a mess. He had to go to the New York State Troopers barracks and give a statement. And do you know who the crazy lady's social worker was? It was my aunt. My fucking aunt was this lady's social worker. And it was her. We need to interview her about being this lady's social worker. Oh, my God. And it was her who called the state police when she was found missing from her room. So How did that get connected? Like, how insane? How insane. Shree says it was a bloomin' mess. Bloomin' mess. She's not English. (laughs) Thankfully, she was caught in New York City, and she said some random guy took her to the train, so that exonerated Dad. Oh, my God. And my mom says that was not the first time dad picked up a hitchhiker, but it was his last. Wait, I want to know more about him picking up hitchhikers, though. I know. now I always want to, and Kyle's like, you're fucking kidding me? Because I'll see them occasionally upstate. Well, now you know you can't because they're murderers. Well, now you can't because of COVID, but... True. It's like well, both. The hilarious... I mean, not the hilarious... But part, I want to know more about his mindset when he picks up hitchhikers. Oh, my God. I mean, my dad was going to be a preacher. He's just so, like a nice guy. He's just like a nice guy. He's the guy that, like, the Jehovah's Witnesses would come, and he'd be like, hey, do you guys want to come in? Stop. Meanwhile, everyone's, like, hide, pretending Exactly. He's like, want some coffee? You guys are tired. Yeah, come. Kevin That's Taylor, hilarious. he's the sweetest guy you've ever met. He's so nice. I, I am know. dead. I'm also thinking, my dad used to hitchhike when he was in college. Mm-hmm. You think they met each other? I don't know. I'm like, Kevin Taylor <laughs> <laughs> might have picked up my dad. <laughs> I almost didn't make it I through that can't. story. It's so insane. It's so... And your mom told it... Guys, I read the text messages. It's very casual, the way she's talking about it. It's very casual. Sheree said bloomin', for Christ's sake. It was bloomin' crazy. It was a bloomin' mess. It was a bloomin' mess. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. And she sent her little bitmoji of her laughing with tears coming out of her eyes. Wait, let me see the bitmoji. It's really cute. I think I saw it before. It's super cute. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Because it's a crazy story that could have been really bad, but it's funny now. It could have been really bad because it could have been a black man sent to jail for I mean, 20 yeah. years and, you know, and fairly imprisoned. It could have been he could have been murdered. Those He's are really murdered. the only two other likely He's like, this scenarios. lady just wants to do laundry. No, this lady wants to kill people. And here's the thing Who is knew? that nobody walks upstate unless you're crazy. 
Right. And that must have been why right. they always told us that. Yeah. Come to think of it, sorry for yelling. I mean, the that's like when I ride my bicycle on Long but Island by this. my parents. My parents always I told look, me a little bit of advice that my dad knew. Sorry. Don't be walking around, you look like you're a crazy person, homeless, up to no good. Up to no good, murderer. Don't pick up crazy people. They could be murderers. They always said this to us. Turns yeah. out he knew from firsthand experience. But that is a thing. I mean, I feel like, okay, <laughs> you don't want to pick up the hitchhiker or they're going to kill you. But that actually was like a thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you want to pick up hitchhikers. I, I just want to know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that in my next life. I just told you what it was like. <laughs> 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 I just wonder, is it like, oh, cool, you exchange stories, or like this person tries to rob you? I don't know what hitchhikers in you know, 2020 are like. You are hilarious that you even want to know the difference. You're like, you're curious to know. Maybe if I just have a good weapon in the car, <laughs> it won't matter, right? I'll just stab him real quick. Alex is just down for experiences. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, as they say. Yeah, don't pick up hitchhikers. Well, this one in particular is the listener is writing in to talk about a friend they have and just, like, cultural differences between them. I like that it's a friend because we're always talking about relationships. I appreciate that it's a friend. Yeah, but it can be cultural differences in any relationship you have. You know, significant other, friend, whoever, and they're always great. So this one. I have a friendship milk with your dinner. It's also a holiday Christmas milk with your dinner. One year at my last job around the holidays, I was talking about holiday traditions with one of my coworkers. She's originally from North Dakota, so you know that she's of the Caucasian variety. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I already love you. (laughs) And I am African-American. She told me about a holiday game that her family plays. It's called Find the Pickle. And no, there's no nudity involved. (laughs) Apparently, her mom will hide a pickle somewhere on their Christmas tree, and whoever finds it first wins. I asked her all of the questions. Did it need to be a specific type of pickle? Kosher? Gherkin? <laughs> Did the winner get to eat the pickle? I know. Did it have to be a real pickle? A pickle? Right? Have you ever Can't heard of you the just game smell before? It? Wait, like, pickles in Christmas? It doesn't. Or seen a pickle or First of all, don't I ask still, me. I love pickles, so. I but. still see them. I mean, when I used to leave the house, haha. The answers were any pickle, kosher if you want, winner or loser if. But what do you win? Don't like pickles, has to eat it, and fake pickles are okay too. Wait, 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 I love that this person asked, is it a kosher pickle during Christmas? A kosher pickle for Christmas. Does it have to be? They're good. Fucking funny. They're good. Have you heard of this ever? I've never heard of it. No. Has Joe heard of it? We got to ask our whites. We got (laughs) to (laughs) ask. I apologize for Actually, any of you listeners out there, can you please write in if this is something your family does and why the fuck they do this? So wait, they hide. Need some entertainment where did they hide the pickle it. in the Christmas tree? Okay, uh, I, you ever, so uh, it seems that the way. OCD <laughs> in me is like very uncomfortable with this game. Like so what? So the tree that <laughs> sat on the sidewalk in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say? Okay, granted, pickle. you're from Nebraska. Where are you from? Somewhere yeah. ultra white. North Dakota, I think. North Dakota. <laughs> oh, Dakota. Okay, yeah. well, Angel actually, it's there. so beautiful. No, but they, yeah, they don't have any they of us. They just have, like, squirrel poop on their trees. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> Dipping a pickle in squirrel poop. So, wait. <laughs> what? How did we get to squirrel poop, guys? 
I don't know. She has squirrels there. Elizabeth is on one tonight, guys. Creatures and trees. Um, pretty fucking funny. Um, that's hilarious. That's a wild move with your dinner. Hide the pickle in the tree. That's what it sounds like. And you have to find no, no, it no. and eat it? it? It fully is. And then are you just awkwardly that eating a pickle in front of your whole fucking family? Milk with your dinner. I once ate an ice pop. Wait, my whole family. My dad loves these chocolate ice pops. So imagine oh, what yeah, that looks yeah. like. Just like a... Wait, I'm sorry. What is it Chocolate like? ice pop. No, no, I know. I know. Please, that, that's a lot for me this evening. I never thought anything of it. And Kyle, one of the first times he was at my parents' house, we're all eating these chocolate ice pops. And he's like, you're all like... No! With his ice pops. I'm dying. Are you kidding me? I was so mortified. I would have been turning colors. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So all of you? Oh my God! Are you serious, Alex? That is why. Oh my God. Hey guys. So, all right. Did you laugh as much as I laughed listening to all those episodes again, those little clips? So good. We're funny. (laughs) We're like kind of funny. But no, I mean, we're funny, but our girls and our guests and all these people that like gave us their time this year are fucking incredible, man. So, so dope. Honestly, I've, I've learned a lot this year from all of it right tons my sister said um she texted me a couple weeks ago and she was just like i can't believe these women just come into your studio they are all so cool and they're everywhere they're walking down everywhere dudes they're at the deli i mean i think (laughs) they're everywhere they're everywhere but i think that's the beauty of the show is like we are taking these women who like to them they're not they don't think that they're special they don't think that they're doing anything great but like I think that we all have something special to offer the world. And Alex said it perfectly. Like, we're all out here. We're on the street. We're your neighbors. We're your sisters. We're your friends. But just, you know, you got to share your journey. You got to talk about all of the great and terrible things that have happened for you to be you so we can celebrate each other. It's true. I can't wait for this next year. Dudes, this year's going to be fucking crazy. We can't even tell you the shit that's coming. But, like, it's going to be sick. Yeah, it's going to be sick, and I hope that everyone can feel like this is some sort of a fresh slate, even if it, like, secretly really isn't. But maybe you can, like, shift your mindset if you've been feeling really down or, like, find ways to be able to shift your mindset. Also, It's hard. It's a struggle every day. Everybody's going to get a hobby. Definitely. Everybody needs to have something. Like hanging out with chickens. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Like, you need something that's just, That's my new hobby, guys. I have these chickens that I've been taking care of. Helping the chickens. Oh, okay. So they live in a community garden in South Williamsburg. And I had this amazing client who we just like really hit it off. And then it turns out that she is the girlfriend of an old, old roommate of mine. And fucking we just had work. all these ties. Yeah, Brooklyn's <laughs> fucking so strange. But anyway, yeah, she's been showing me the ropes of caring for these chickens. They're really great. And they're so therapeutic. And it's really fucking weird. I'm like a chicken person. Yeah. Can't eat chicken anymore. These <laughs> days are done. <laughs> Are you like a dog person or a cat person? Fuck you, I'm a chicken um, person. I'm a chicken gal. <laughs> <laughs> but just like something like that. Totally. I don't even know if it's really considered a hobby. But it is. It's something that's new and different and gives it's me a purpose. It's something for you. It gives and, you joy, pure joy, yeah. without any expectations for anything else. I feel pure joy else. when I see those chicken's little faces. <laughs> the little cutie pies. <laughs> They're very cute. I bet they are. I still like to eat chicken, so I can't meet the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to run away from you. They're like, chicken eater. They know. Oh, God. 
All right, guys. So wrapping things up really quick before we let you go, we just want to remind you about our Patreon. We know that shit is fucking wild out there. It's crazy. I try not to read the news, and every time I do, it's back to being worse than I fucking thought. So we just want to remind you that our Patreon starts at just a dollar. And for just a dollar, you get one free virtual consultation. Actually, Alex and one of our new friends, Callie, who's going to be working with us, did a virtual consultation with a brand new client who found us on YouTube. Of all places. Of all places. Um, she was so sweet and kind. Yeah. And she, oh my God, she loved you guys. She was like, you guys, I can tell my skin's going to get better. Oh I was God, I getting ready for a client in the other room, but I was like eavesdropping. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just so great. It was nice to hear from the other side, the gratitude from the client, but also just hearing in her voice that nobody had really spoken to her about her skin like this before. Yeah. And I could tell that she felt confident to move forward in a new direction and get her skin under control. And it made me honestly really excited to meet some more strangers and try and help more girls and that's what we're here for we love you guys we love skin we are fucking nerds for beauty science hell yeah so sign up for that check that out what else alex find us on instagram you can find us on the gram true beauty brooklyn podcast also true beauty brooklyn yes which is our beauty studio mm-hmm. um and also make sure that you leave us a nice review on here because i would really helpful. love it guys that's how people find I us love it. rate so, review subscribe rate Tell review and subscribe please we love it so much <laughs> thank you so much we'd be forever grateful and um as always, write in with your listener questions, Guys. beauty questions, or just funny stories, yes. milk with your dinner stories. Honestly, that was my favorite part of listening to The Best Of, was listening to your guys' stories, listening to us yeah. read your stories back, and remembering like the pure joy the first time like reading those words. It was just so much fun, and I, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know about all of your fuckery. I want to learn about your milk with your dinners. Your I didn't know them, but I'm older now. Your beauty questions, whatever. Hang out with All us. All of it. All of it. All right, we're going to let you go now. We love you guys. Thanks for a fucking awesome first year. We're here for 2021 and beyond. Not going nowhere. Not going nowhere. See, See you, you next, next time. Week. Bye. Bye.